Hello and welcome to podcast 41 from Football Adania. I, Michael Statham, am with uh, fellow writer and Football Adania editor Michael Bell to talk about the Netherlands' upcoming Nations League fixtures against France and Germany. Can they qualify from their group? We're available on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes as usual. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, Michael, we're, we're, we're about to go into a double header of Netherlands fixtures in the UEFA Nations League. They've got France at home first before an away match against Germany. Um, yeah, there's, so there's, it's going to be it's going to be good. We get, if 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 the Netherlands win the group, they've got a great chance of qualifying for the Euros at such an early stage. Um, and I'm just looking at the squad here uh, for the upcoming two two games. And are you pleased with the squad? I mean, there's not much that's changed. Is that a sign of progress for consistency in this squad? Yeah, I think definitely. I think um, during the last international period, I think it brought back a lot of confidence around the national team. And I think that Cummins basically went with the same squad that he went with last time. He said, basically during his press conference, he didn't want to bring in too many new faces. He brought in one, um, Del Rosan, the winger from Hereford Berlin, who had a great start to the season in Germany. Um, he deserves his call-up because uh, Dan Juma's injured, so he's going to miss out this time. So he's just his replacement. Is this another young speedy winger on the on the squad that can you know cause problems for France or Germany it's, it's a really talented young squad um, I don't think there's much changes needed um, at all in any position really um, and I think going forward this is sort of Cummins you know his his choices are pretty pretty solid mm, it's it's becoming quite stable in in the choices he's making uh, the next question though is about tactics um it's fine to have the same players, but I really liked how Wano Kuman switched from a 5-3-2 to a 4-3-3 uh, for the last game. And it worked a treat and it was great to see him again playing with uh, three attackers, three midfielders and not so much a defensive tactic against the big, big sides. Um, and for me, that worked because you've got Frank de Jong who can sort of sit as a fifth defender, if you like. Um, during play and then if it ever breaks up he's there sitting back waiting to, to make interceptions um, but is there anything you would change about the tactics do you like five at the back or do you think the four three three is better no I think um, Kuming got it perfect the last time out when he, he switched back to four three three. but the, the great thing about this Netherlands side is the players that can adapt so you've got the likes of Daily Blind who can switch two or three positions you had Ryan Babel playing you know, nearly a, a left wing back role at times during the last international period. You've got these players that can play dual roles in the 11 and it switches constantly. And I think that's what Cummins got perfectly right. And as you say, you've got somebody like Frankie de Jong in the middle who can just, you know, coast through games, control it. And uh, that's the player that Netherlands have been missing for basically the past couple of years. And he's just been a revelation so far. Yeah, I think de Jong's made that difference why the tactics have been changed and have been tweaked. I think another reason as well is before Kuman said we're playing five at the back because it sticks to the squad strengths in that there are many, many great central defenders coming through. Um, but another reason is that he's gone back to four at the back, I think, is because the, the fullbacks, um, the ones that he's got available, aren't the strongest choices at the moment. For example, Karsdorp's are injured and we're yet to see a a regular left back of of true Netherlands national team quality come through. Van Aanholt's good. Um, Dave Lintz is okay at left back, better than a centre back at least. Um, 
And I, I, I think, yeah, the, the change to four at the back is to suit the needs of those players. For example, you're not going to play Denzel Dumfries as a right wing back. I think that's a little bit awkward. Um, but yeah, do, do, do you think that works, the players available? Because you're playing four at the back and then you've got three attackers, or does that leave them open to, to say that second match? They've got to go away to Germany. So does a 4-3-3 work there? Or does you think Koeman should go back to the five? No, I think uh, stick with a four at the back. And then, as I said, like, you've got somebody like Ryan Babel who, who came in to you know, basically play in a left-back role and that shoves basically Daley Blind from being a left-back into the centre. I mean, there's ways of doing it and keeping this tactic. I just think that with the wing-backs that he's got, you know, Dumfries is good going forward. And the whole strength of this Netherlands side right now is, is the counter-attack. It's getting, soaking up the pressure, letting France and Germany come on, um, getting the ball back, giving it to Frankie de Jong or, or Van Adam, starting an attack and then letting somebody like Bergwijn, Memphis, Dumfries race down to the end of the pitch and uh, score goals. It's what happened basically three times against Germany. A high press, win the ball back and break with speed. And I think um, this tactic's perfect for that. More great news for the Netherlands, as well as having all these great selections available. Injury news uh, and France, the first match on Friday, currently out injured uh, are Pogba, Martial, Mendy and Lacazette. Four great players in that squad uh, and Germany as well having a couple of injuries with Draxler and Mark Oots, the striker. Uh, is that going to make a difference and does that give the, the Dutch a realistic chance of qualifying from this group? I think you look at France... Injuries, I mean, the one you can say is definitely going to be a miss is Pogba. I think he's crucial for that France side. But then, you know, you look at France's squad and you say, oh, Pogba's out. That might be Netherlands having a great chance. But then you look at the rest of the squad, you've got still got to deal with Mbappe and Griezmann up front. Giroud, who caused Netherlands problems in the, the last match and scored. Um, even if it weakens their, midf weakens their midfield slightly, they've still got the likes of Kante and uh, Matuidi. I think... It definitely weakens France's options and gives Netherlands a bigger chance, um, which is which is great. But I don't think Netherlands can necessarily think, oh, this is a weakened France side, because I don't think there is such a thing at the moment. I think their squad's just too good at the moment. Um, it levels maybe the playing field a little bit since Netherlands at home. Um, but, you know, I still think it's a very even match and they still probably make France even just slight favourites for it. So you don't think the Dutch will be able to beat France in uh, on home turf? I think they they can definitely. Um, I think if they play to their best, they can definitely win this match. But you know, still, this is the world champions are coming against so, you know the best probably um, nation in the world at the moment. I'd be you know doing them probably a disservice if I just say that you know Netherlands going to go into this and win it because you know like the last time out they only played again in probably Amsterdam a couple of years ago. I know this one's in Rotterdam. Um, which makes it a bit more atmospheric in Netherlands' favour. But, um, you know, France won that game. Um, Netherlands don't really have a great recent record against them. Um, you know, I really hope it changes. And uh, I'm hoping Netherlands can get the result that's needed. But, you know, it's just, this is France. You know, it's um, going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. They are the world champions. But, you know, doesn't that, doesn't that like little buzz kick in just before the match where you think the Dutch are going to win? And I, I'm looking at, you know, the fact that the Est are playing in Rotterdam. It's Friday night. It's going to be a great atmosphere. And when the Dutch went to France, they only lost 2-1 and I, they didn't do themselves any disservice. Um, 
Yes, the France had, had, had more of the play, but I think the Dutch were unlucky not to come away with a draw from that match. Um, if Van Dijk was a little bit tight to Giroud, then it would have been 1-1, I think, in that match. Uh, so they're, 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 they're becoming a more level playing field. And I think the Dutch having beaten Germany 3-0 at home, that's going to give them great confidence too. So I actually think they've got a great chance. And a draw is not the end of the world either. Um, if you consider that the Dutch have played France at home and then Germany away on the Monday, um, the Netherlands currently sit with three points in their group after two matches. France, seven points from three. Germany are bottom with one point from three matches. At this point, you know, we, we have to be happy, you know, having looked back, we have to be happy with the Netherlands staying in this group, don't we? The fact that Germany will end up getting relegated and yes, France will go through, but that's a great success considering recent misfortune with the Dutch national team. Yeah, I think definitely if you go back to when this draw was made, I think most Netherlands fans were, uh, you know, disappointed to see that we got probably at that point before the World Cup, thinking probably two of the best nations in the world, you know, Germany were, were strong at that point when a draw was made and France were this, you know, up and coming nation. They hadn't won a World Cup yet, but they still fought all these great players. Um, you didn't really rate everyone's chances, but what Kuhn has done is, is fantastic. It's given the nation hope again. I think even the draw in Belgium last time out, you know, everything around this national team right now is, is so positive and it's going to be a great boost if, you know, it's, it's a rivalry, you know, it'd be great for Netherlands to actually relegate Germany, you know, that's, that's going to be great. <laughs> uh, um, but I think the main thing is staying in this Division A and placing themselves in pot one for the actual Euro 2020 draw and being one of those top 10 nations for that, which looks a bit sealed on at the moment. Um, and other groups, I think Poland and Iceland are, are hopeless and I think they're going to be the bottom two. Um, and that means Netherlands will definitely be one of the top seeds for the Euro 2020 qualifiers and when the draw is made in December I think that's the main thing that Cummins is focusing on because even if you know they were outside the top two um, in that when it actually gets to Euro 2020 qualifiers if they finish outside the top two being in a group with Germany and France if they automatically qualify Netherlands reach the playoffs anyway because they're in this this group it's, it's it's a great situation for Netherlands right now. It's basically almost nailed on that if we can finish in the top 10, that we will be um, at your 2020. Yeah, I think some listeners might be a little bit a little bit uh, confused why actually finishing second in this group still gives them a chance of qualifying for Euro 2020. Uh, there, there, there's, there's many different rules, aren't, aren't there, Mike? Um, but one of them ends up with all the first place teams in the group go through but there are also some second place teams that can go through. And I think that is, that is because of teams that have already qualified for the Euros. Is that right? Yeah, so what happens is um, basically the Euro 2020 qualifiers, the top two from each group goes into the Euro 2020 as sealed. There's also playoffs and the playoffs are for the group winners. So if, say, Germany... Uh, say France won this group and they didn't qualify for the regular route they'd still have a chance in the playoffs but you'd think that France would automatically qualify and even if Germany were in a group you'd think they would automatically qualify and if Netherlands didn't finish in the top two then they'd get that spot so you know UEFA have basically made it almost nailed on that the top teams will be there so I think uh, yeah it's looking 
fingers crossed that's uh, everyone's definitely going to be at your 2020 like regardless of what really happens over the next seven days but I think you know you've got to go in there with the most confidence possible and you've got to hope that everyone's can finish the job and who knows even get into the beat France and Germany and go to the next round and seal it you know automatically well, it has to be ridiculous if the Dutch cannot qualify for the Euros. Well, there's going to be 24 places at Euro 2020, and if the Dutch cannot qualify through the normal way of qualifying, and they cannot qualify for the Nations League, then they definitely deserve to be there. You know, we want to be there, we want to win, we want to be one of the best teams at the competition, and getting far in it. And yeah, there's ample chance to do that. Uh, so let, let's get down to the nitty-gritty, Mike. Let's get some predictions in. Um, and of course... It's hard to say because one match will depend on the other. So if the Dutch lose to France, all of a sudden it becomes all about beating Germany. Or if the Dutch beat France, it might be a different reflection. And again, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But let me get two predictions from, from you. Um, first of all, Netherlands, France on Friday. What do you think? Well, what with Germany and me saying that we're going to win 3-0. So I'm going to go Netherlands 2-0 against France. And I'm going to say Memphis scores both goals just to get one over on the, all these fans and Cricks in France that are giving him a hard time at the moment. I think he's going to be very pumped up for this match and uh, I think he'll be the star. Two goals from Memphis, 2 no win. Nice one. I think we should touch on Memphis while we're here. Um, what, what do you think about the whole situation? Because uh, he was called out, wasn't he, for not training as hard as the players and, not, and, and tr almost treating himself as different and special uh, from the other Lyon players. But in the Dutch national team, he seems to be flourishing and becoming such a leader of his team. Uh, what's your opinion on it all? I think it's just all very strange. I think it's it's one of these situations where I don't know if it's because of the type of person he is, you know, off the field he's quite flamboyant, that he draws attention to himself and he has these people that just want to bring him down constantly. Because it does seem to be that we are one of these sides that can hammer teams one week and then lose to possibly like the bottom side in the league, um, embarrassing the next week. And it seems that whenever we on lose Memphis is the man that's blamed for it um, and I thought it was quite harsh that you know they were beating Hoffenheim and it was, it was quite comfortable Memphis was taken off the pitch I know Hoffenheim were down at 10 men it seemed that like they were going to win and then you know Hoffenheim equalised in the, the last minute I know Memphis missed a few chances but he also set up quite a lot and you know the French press were you know, brutal in their criticism of him um, and I know some the home crowd jeered him as well. I think it's probably to do with his comments um, from previous games. But I think what you need to realise is Memphis is a winner um, and he wants to be the best. And he has that winning mentality that some people might just get a little annoyed by. You know, he, he rocked his player, his teammates when they conceded in the last minute against Hoffenheim in the, the previous match. And, you know, if you don't have someone like that around, you know, you're not going to win things. And I think Memphis just wants to get the best out. His teammates wants to get the best out himself. And then you see it, you know, they criticise him, but then, you know, without him on, on Saturday, he scores twice, sets up two goals, and they win, you know, again, 4-2. And, you know, two brilliant goals, and suddenly he's the favourite in Leon again. It's it's crazy over there. Um, you know, if they, win, if they lose the next game, I guess Memphis will be getting blamed again. But when he pulls on that, Nevon shirt. He's he's been the star for the last possibly two or three international periods. He's Nevon's probably best attacker at the moment. He's probably stepped up since Iron Robin re retired, and uh, 
yeah, he's crucial right now. And I think he's once again going to be the man to, to watch over the next two games as well. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think you can say that his confidence will be knocked due to his um, unfortunate times at Lyon. Uh, he will be absolutely raring to go to once again leave the Netherlands and prove critics wrong, as you said. Um, back to prediction. Uh, you said 2-0 to the Dutch. I think it would be a draw. Um, I think it would be, be quite tight. No, I, I, think, I think it could be 1-1. One, one. Um, I said I was quite confident, but that's, that's considering before when the Dutch played France. France just basically like, it went, when the Dutch were home, France were the far by far the better team. But it's time to show how far they've come. Uh, yeah, I think that will be a draw. Uh, Germany, Netherlands, what, what do you think about that one? I think what we saw last time is, you know, this Germany side is not, you know, as great as it was. I know they missed a lot of chances against the Netherlands. It could have been, really could have been a different game if some of them went in. But it's definitely a side that Netherlands should not fear. I think um, they'll be under a lot of pressure in this game. And I think Netherlands can actually get a draw in this one. I think it can be a 1-1. Um, I think Germany will attack a lot from the start and that might just open up chances for Netherlands as I said they're a team that is so comfortable playing now on the break that um, soaking up pressure is easy for them now they've got probably two of the best centre-backs in the world soak up the pressure then hit them on a break it could be all, we, all you really need this Netherlands uh, side is to give them one chance and they'll take it and I think uh, that's what they'll do in, in Germany and get maybe a 1-1 draw and relegate the Germans which would be great in the wrong patch. <laughs> I think, yeah, the Dutch take that 1-1 draw right now if it was handed to them. Uh, so it, well, w would it guarantee them going through if they lost to France and drew Germany? Um, they wouldn't go through, but they would stay in the Division A for the next the next uh, Nations League in, in four years' time. It means they wouldn't get relegated, so they wouldn't be playing inferior nations in four years' time. They'd be amongst the, amongst the top still staying amongst those top teams. So if they do draw with France, they're going to end up with four points and it will leave the Germany needing to beat the Netherlands very well to progress. So I think, again, you could see that the Netherlands are keeping it tight, keeping it steady. And yeah, I'm going I'm I'm to set the easy way out and say draw again. 1-1. <laughs> <One, one. laughs> Two draws. <laughs> I think if you offer that to Kim and now, you'd probably snap your hand off. But yeah, two draws would be fantastic for Kim and I. Let's see how they get on. Well, we have um, good news for Netherlands women um, to finish off our podcast that they have progressed to the uh, World Cup this um, this summer, and it's being held in France uh, this this summer. And yeah, how how important is this again after the Euro win? This is massive for Dutch women's football. I guess Dutch football as a whole, but. Women's football in the Netherlands um, is surely at an all-time all, all high after a Euro win and then a World Cup qualification. Yeah, definitely. I think this Netherlands women's side is extraordinary. I think it's one of the best in the world. I think it was a shock that they finished second in the group. It was just a couple of bad results. Um, met them in the playoffs, but once they've been in the playoffs, they've been, they've been excellent and they've, uh, they've swept the, the Swiss women's team away. Um, and they deserve to be in the, the finals next year. And I think next summer can be a great, great time for uh, Netherlands. I think the whole nation will get behind them, and uh, it could be, you know, that first 
Netherlands World Cup win and it could be the women that get it over the men. Well, Mike, thanks for joining me on this shorter than usual podcast tonight. This was a, it's a pretty um, spontaneous decision to do this podcast, but we thought we really need to get something in before the France and Germany matches ahead. Um, so thanks for your time. And yeah, a podca another podcast will be out very soon for listeners.